Hey, what's up everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yeah, man, I'm ready. How about you? Hell yeah. All right. The third, inoculation. 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 That's right. You got to really <laughs> emphasize that E. Why? Because you said inoculation. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't sound right. Enoculation. Hey, you ready? know what's happening today, right? What? My Sixers are going up against the Atlanta Hawks, game two. Oh, man. What time's playoffs. that? Second round of the playoffs. Uh, like seven, so we'll be good. But Phillies are also on tonight. But that's okay, because they fucking suck. So <laughs> I won't watch any of that. Baseball Maybe and basketball? Time. Yeah, same night, dude. Are you kidding? Guess who the Phillies are playing? The oh. fucking Braves. The Atlanta Braves. <laughs> The Sixers are playing the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs. Unbelievable. Damn, Atlanta's busy as hell. Well, Atlanta stomped, stomped the Sixers out. Game one, dude. <laughs> Unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Uh, well, now that you're all perturbed, what are you drinking <laughs> to calm your nerves? <laughs> well, it's a no-brainer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> By victory. <laughs> It's a 6.8%, and, oh, it does say something. I've had it before, but it says, Easy thinking meets easy drinking. A perfect formula makes for an easy choice as fruity and citrusy hops. I hate citrus. What am I doing? As citrusy hops lead the way in this IPA. Our proprietary Hopvik technology drives, sorry, it's so small. Dries big hop flavor with notes of tangerine and mandarin orange. I must really like citrus. I know. Yeah. You I said, said you I don't. don't, but. Unless you're just getting a, a flavor for all this now. Because before it was, well, the alcohol content. We talked about the alcohol content before, and it was, like 8% was too much. But now 8% is fine. Yeah. And you don't like well, citrus. Is, but now citrus is fine. Well, this is 6.8, not 8. Right. What's yours? I'm having the Dogfish Head Slightly Mighty. Ooh. We, oh, no. Oh, no? I thought we, I thought we both went Dogfish. <laughs> and then I realized mine's <laughs> Victory. Uh. It was close. Couldn't have been. This low-cal IPA is brewed with mighty aromatic 
hop varieties that deliver tropical notes with a slightly sweet balance provided by the monk fruit extract. Monk fruit. The Dalai Lama was a big fan of that. So just slightly mighty. A little bit. <laughs> he really loved monk fruit. Slow in the so late. <laughs> I'm so late with these. <laughs> I wonder if uh, the current Dalai Lama does. The current one. Yeah, there's always a new Dalai Lama. What? I thought that. I thought that was his name. Oh, wait. Yes, he gets resurrected, and I have to figure out who the hell he is. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know how that worked. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Reincarnated, not resurrected. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> Reincarnated. <laughs> Oh, man. Those fucking guys out in uh, Western BA, they were right about us. We don't know a shit about religion. <laughs> Is that where they're from? I don't know. Uh. But they enjoy the show anyhow, so whatever. Well, they're not wrong. We don't know a lot about religion. Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> we can talk about it. Read about stuff. Talk about what we read. Because we're ignorant to anything else. Well, yeah. But now, now, I found out something new with this Enoch business. Something new? There's a whole other book that I had no idea existed. What the fuck? With religion and the Christianity and Bibling and all that. It's uh, it's kind of one of those things that that we discussed before, the pseudo-epigraph. Kind of a fanfic. Well, I hope... (laughs) We don't need that beginning. <laughs> nope. Oh, well. That's all right. I, I hit my hotkey to do that, but it, I forgot that doesn't work anymore because they changed their settings or they updated or whatever, and it <laughs> changed that shit. Those bastards. It's This is the third time it's happened? What? So they I have just to, keep yeah, changing I, it. Yeah, I have to keep going in and changing whatever the hotkey is like it's like they update it and then the hotkeys change so then when i hit that key on my stream deck it does something different and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> zoom can't make up their minds they're just trying to figure out the best way to spy on us they know you're using their hotkeys mm-hmm. i like it hot buddy in the keys mm-hmm. i like to push those buttons <laughs> like to finger those buttons hey whoa hey whoa whoa Clear channel. <laughs> you know, you know. I told you before, my mom's super religious, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't think I didn't think she listened to the podcast, but she texted me <laughs> last night. If she does listen, she's gonna hear this and she's gonna be mad at me. But she said, "Remember, aliens are spirits, evil spirits, afraid of even the name of Jesus." And I, I didn't even. I don't. I didn't even respond. Like, what? what I don't know what to, what to say to that. I might cut this whole part out. I don't know, but thank you. That was a that was a good teaching moment, Mom. Thank you. Mm. Now I don't know. Yeah, what what do you say to that? Yeah, like okay. Do I just send back a thumbs up emoji? <laughs> cool, Mom. And the alien head with the uh, with the devil. Ooh, I should have sent back. <laughs> I should have <laughs> sent back a fucking alien head. <laughs> I don't Jesus. know, man. Oh, sweet I Jesus! I don't. 
I don't know if she has the whole story. Well, the problem with all of this is, does anybody? I mean, if you're brought up believing a certain religion, and all this, I mean, I know it sounds like a tangent, but it's not really, because it hmm. kind of ties in with this episode. Hmm? If you're brought up believing a certain religion, I don't know, like, you're it's, fully involved in that religion. Like, yeah. she is fully involved and believes in God, believes in Jesus, mm-hmm. as do I. Mm-hmm. But I do question, and if he is a just God, he should be like, yeah, they should question this. You know, it's kind of weird, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he should know that our hearts or whatever, if this is a true religion, he should know that our hearts are in the right place. We're just questioning it. We're not saying he's not real. We're not saying Buddha's not real. We don't, I mean, we're not saying we just... We're trying to figure it all out. Exactly. We're not running around telling everybody, nope, nope, don't believe in that because that's wrong. If you believe in that, then you're not going to go see my God. Right. And they're going to be like, okay, I I don't want to see your stupid God. But he's not stupid. And then fight. Yeah, exactly. That was the whole idea with the Crusades, right? I mean, isn't that exactly why... I don't know for sure, but isn't that why Muslims hate Christians? Because we don't believe in the same thing they believe in? Probably. Stupid-ass people just being mean to each other. I will, I'll go to my heaven, you go to your heaven. We don't have... We're going to mingle here on, on this plane of existence. We're not going to mingle in the afterlife. Or we will. Maybe we'll all mingle in hell. Maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe another religion's right and we were all wrong and... That God is not very just. And he was like, you know what? You never learn my religion. You never learn that I am God. Fuck you. Burn in somewhere else. Go suffer somewhere else together. Maybe the fucking Nordics were right. Or the Norwegians. You know what I mean? Maybe we'll go to hell. H-E-L. Which is fucking cold as hell. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Like, nobody knows. And the thing is, if you go, you can't come back and tell your story. No. They can't Unless take pictures. They didn't go on vacation. You can't come back with a postcard. <laughs> we don't nope. know. It's only logical to question all this. Yeah, because you want to go into, if you're looking for an eternal life, you want to go into the eternity that you want to go into. You practice that thing to go into the eternity that you want. Yeah. And then when it's all said and done, you might say, fuck, I wasted all my life doing this and I didn't have to. Like I wasted all my life not, I don't know, drinking a shitload of beer because I was afraid God would (laughs) call me a drunkard and not let me in. And you get up there and God's like, hey, you want a beer? Like, Damn what? It. He's like, yeah, you didn't get enough. I mean, you didn't have any down there, but up here you can have as much as you want. He's like, check it out. My son has this cool party trick. Watch, just pour a glass of water. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> the only downside is you never get drunk here. You never get you never get a buzz. 
You can drink all the beer you want, all the wine you want, but you never get a buzz. What's the point? Fuck. Sounds like a sounds a little bit like a hell to me. <laughs> it's a somebody else's paradise. So this new book was found with everything else in the uh, the Qumran, the the cave near Qumran of the Dead Sea Scrolls. This is all part of that. Okay. This is the Genesis Apocryphon. Have you ever heard of that? I think I have. And it, the way I understand it is it's a combination of several different texts together, all kind of just mashed together. It's all entangled together, and it's, it's sort of embellished is is one thing that I read about it. It's a, a pseudo-epigraph of the Old Testament and of these other books, and they just put in more context for these different stories. Okay. A uh, little bit of a history to it. The Genesis Apocryphon is from the cache of ancient writings known as the Dead Sea Scrolls, discovered in 1946 by Bedouin shepherds in a cave near Qumran in what is now the West, the West of the Dead Sea. But 1946, it still blows my mind that this kind of stuff was found in the lifetime of people that are alive today. <laughs> so they're still there. I would imagine they're still kind of trying to figure it out. I know it's been 50, 60 years at this point. Yeah. 80. No. My dad was born in 1947. This was 1946. He just turned 74 a couple days ago. Yeah, he did. Yep. Your mom's so, tomorrow. Yep. So the 75 years ago is when they found a bunch of these texts, which is, that, that's not long enough for me. I, that just seems crazy that yeah, all this deep, deep biblical religious knowledge was just found 75 years ago. Yeah, it makes me a little leery on the validity of it, you know what I mean? Like, eh. Well, they did the carbon dating on the the actual material was on, and the scroll is written in Aramaic, the language of Jesus, on parchment, a material made from calf, sheep, or goat skin. I know, but couldn't somebody just find some of that old blank paper and then write on it? Just start scrolling on it? Yeah. Starts ripping, they're like, ah, we don't need to know that part anyway. Come on, just go. <laughs> I know Aramaic. I'll write a story here. <laughs> Let's... Let's really mess with them. Yeah, just this old-ass sheep, and just start copying it all down. <laughs> but I imagine it was some... Well, the way to describe it is, if it's a pseudo-epigraph or a fanfic, I just imagine this this con man just being near the cave somewhere, and he's just... He's read all the scripts and for all the other scriptures and all that, and now he's making up his own stuff and embellishing all this stuff to go with... All the, all the other books, all the whole Bible, and he's just making up all this stuff in some cave someplace because he's got nothing else to do. Yeah, just really, I'm really gonna fuck with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I read that story. Let me pretend this is part of that. The uh, yeah, <laughs> the whole thing, and I'll just tuck it away over here, and they'll find it eventually, and it's really gonna throw him for a fucking loop. Because. Yeah, really, because it's so close to what it what was written before with just a bit more in there. 
Uh, let's see. The, when it was open, it was found to lack the beginning and the end of the text, the uh, Genesis Apocryphon. So the very beginning is missing, and the very end is missing. What is called Column 1, the innermost end of the scroll shows traces and signs that another piece of skin had originally been there, and it's gone. Moreover, the last line on Column 22 ends in the middle of a sentence, showing that there is text missing. At certain points, the scroll also displays holes where ink has corroded through the document, creating missing areas within the scroll. Hmm. Kind of sus. A little bit, maybe? <laughs> and this is what gets, is even more interesting. Uh, the literary genre of the Genesis Apocryphon, they decided would be called rewritten Bible category. Rewritten? So they took the Bible and rewrote it and added stuff to it. And to try to make a more contemporary person understand it better. So whatever the language was, however it was written originally, this person, whoever wrote this, tried to rewrite it so that the current people would be able to understand it better. What if it was originally an alien Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there it is. I was trying to get there. I, c I couldn't find it. <laughs> uh, the term parascriptural can be used as an umbrella term for a broad class of texts that in various ways extend the authority of Scripture by imitation and interpretation. See, the whole time we've been talking about interpretation, mm -hmm. imitation, opinion, translation... You know, eventually something breaks in that whole process. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the whole child game telephone. Yeah. So rewriting the whole thing to try to understand it better, to imitate and then interpret for somebody else, really messes with the context, I would think. Well, so, yeah, I mean, if you write a sentence in English... And then translate it to Chinese, and then translate it to Russian, and then translate it to, I don't know, Spanish, and then translate it back to English. It's going to look a little right, a little off. It's going to be. Can, you can play that game with Google Translate. Just yeah. pick a sentence and then just translate it, and then translate it, and translate it, and then translate it back. Yeah. I've never done that myself. That would be interesting. We should do that. I wonder if we can take a sentence from the book and translate it, try to translate it back. Nah, probably not. Back to Aramaic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That would be all jacked up. Uh, writers employed... See, listen to this. Writers employed several different methods of rewriting scripture, rearranging passages, adding detail, and clarifying points that were open to misinterpretation. I, who, who determined it was misinterpretation? Right, yeah, that's my question. Like, you say misinterpretation, but who knows? You know what I mean? Were you there? Right. So you're telling me this means this. No, see, if you say it this way, it means something totally different. Maybe they forgot a comma here. No. So it almost sounds to me like the Zechariah Sitchin thing, where he was like, yeah, I'm the only one who can read this stuff. Me and a couple <laughs> other guys, you guys... No, you didn't understand it. I'm going to give you the real translation, 
And here it is. Yeah. The Anunnaki are the real gods, and their plan is coming back to kill us. Because I said so. What the? I didn't think it said that. I thought it said love thy neighbor and shit. Nope. Nope. Because I said so. Yep. I interpreted it the correct way. Like, who are you? Right. Are you an Anunnaki? Are you a fucking, you know what I mean? Like, were you around when Enoch was around? How can you tell me it was supposed to be this way? It was supposed to say this. Exactly. And how many times has that happened throughout history? Because you have the Old Testament, you have the New Testament, and then you have the one that you actually read in church when then, I don't know if you've gone to, well, the Lutheran church that we go to, we barely actually read from the Bible itself. We have these printed out things that they break down even further. They dumb it's propaganda, it all bro. the way down. What? It's propaganda. Right. They're they dumb things. it all the way down to make you think a different thing. Mm, I don't know, man. And then to me, it's just, I don't know if it's different in other churches, but it seems like it's, uh, they're on a schedule. It's the same thing every year. You know, tradition. We have to do this, this, and this. At this time of year, and then from there, we do this, this, and this. And depending on the moon cycle, we'll do this, this, and this. It is kind of weird how Christianity does Easter after a moon cycle. Yeah. Like, I think Easter is the first Sunday in spring after the first full moon or something like or. The first Sunday after the first full moon of spring or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe new moon. And so that means it can be from like March 22nd, between March 22nd and April 22nd or 23rd or something crazy like that. Yeah. But it's it's very strange how it correlates to celestial things. Right. Why? Very good question. Why did they decide that? I mean, Easter, I mean, unless that's when he rose, because Easter, so Good Friday is when he was crucified, when he was killed, and then three days later, right? Yeah, it was three days. So how do we have Good Friday? So we have Good Friday and then Easter Sunday, but Easter Monday is when he came back to life? Maybe Good Friday was the first Friday he was dead. I don't know. Uh, was it good? That, uh, well, it's not. I don't think it's very good. Maybe it was the first day, first full day he was dead. Gone, so, yeah. Ba- bad Thursday, good Friday. Maybe, maybe he resurrected three days after he was crucified. So maybe he finally, maybe he was crucified on like, I don't know, Thursday? And then he finally passed away Friday morning, and then Sunday he rose. So it's considered Good Friday because that's that right there was the moment that all your sins were forgiven. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But how does that correlate to the first new moon or full moon of spring? I don't know. Unless maybe it is the first new moon and we have been made anew. At that time, some I don't know. I, I really don't know. That's I don't know. Uh, the Genesis Apocryphon is heavily influenced by the Book of Jubilees, the Book of Enoch, and the Book of Genesis account. 
It records the story of Genesis in the same chronological order, but by using these editing methods, it presents the patriarchs as examples to emulate. The main process is effectively substitution or replacing the text of Genesis with the new narrative. But the Genesis Apocryphon also adds more detail to the story of the patriarchs and their ancestry. But it that's what kind of messes me up right there. They're like, well, well we're going to write some more about their family. Yeah. Why? Do, do, is that necessary? Do we need to know? To fit their narrative. It sounds like fanfic. So we're going to go talk about, yeah. I don't know, what, Harry Potter's aunt's mom. Yeah, and then just make a whole other story about yeah. her. It has nothing to do at all with the Wizarding World. Just her day-to-day. Dear Diary. I got in the cab today. I wonder if that's if that's the church's argument about this, the Book of Enoch, where they're like, well, this is kind of his story. It doesn't really pertain to God and Jesus that much. It's kind of like this journey he was on. It doesn't need to be in here. Which is, if that is fanfic itself, if that's a pseudo-epigraph, Enoch himself, th- and then this thing is has part of that in it, so this is a fanfic of a fanfic? <laughs> I don't know, man. What level does it end? I do not know. Most prominently, the approach extends scripture by means of su- uh, supplementation, incorporating traditions from other sources, especially Jubilees and Enochic writings, and to the story of Genesis. For example, the Genesis Apocryphon seeks to justify Abram's poor treatment of Sarai Sarai, and Egypt. I don't know that one. See, ignorant to this. By adding that Abram had a prophetic dream from God that sanctions his actions towards his wife. I don't know much about that story at all. No, none really. But it just adds another detail. This is like a, like a director's cut. Of Genesis. I don't... Oh, I'm so confused by, like, is it misinterpretation? Is, like, should it be in here? Should it not be in here? Was it written by Enoch? Was it written by somebody else? Because, you know, we were listening before, and you, like, sometimes it was third party, sometimes it was first party, like... What the fuck is happening in this book, dude? It's all over the place. Were there aliens? Well, I mean, did he astral project? Did he actually talk to these fallen angels? I don't fucking know what's going on. And it's out of order, too, actually, because when I was going back through it in this last half, there was a part where we already know his timeline, and then in the middle of the book, he talks about talking to Noah. And then at the end of the book, he talks about the uncanny birth of Noah, which I want to get into because I've tried to make this in uh, somewhat order, but that doesn't make any sense. It, like he, he talks about this one and that one and this one and that one having sons, and then that's it. And then we get into, I guess we're just following his adventures, but they're still out of order because he talks to Noah. He talks to Methuselah about his grandson, Noah, and how Lamech is all pissed off about some stuff. I'll, I'll go through it in order, uh, chronologically, according to the story, because Noah comes before Noah is born, and then later on Enoch talks to Noah. That's how it goes. But in, in the book of Enoch, in the middle of it, he's talking to Noah, 
before we know too much about how Noah was born. Uh, the new narrative contained in the Genesis Apocryphon is not intended to be a new edition of Genesis, but the work is remarkable for its creative and imaginative freedom. Typologically, the Genesis Apocryphon represents a flexible attitude to the scriptural text and provides deeper insight into the lives of the patriarchs. That just sounds like they're filling in blanks because they had their own questions, so they're just making it up. Yeah, exactly. Creative and imaginative freedom. <laughs> it's like a, a fucking college course. You know what I mean? Like, nah, just, you know, write what you want. The paper is just whatever you want to write on. Right. Be, be as imaginative as you want to. This is your art. Yeah. I mean, you could be literal. You could go way fucking crazy. And then Enoch was like, I got you, dog. I'm going <laughs> wild. Watch me go. All right. I got this. Watch Break me time. whip. And watch me nay nay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, break time. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. That was a lot of history, kind of slow start there, but I think we're going to get right into it now for, I, I have a passage that's similar in the two books, the Book of Enoch and the Genesis Apocryphon. And I'm going to read both of them. And see what you think of both of them as separate things. There's, you know, one's interpreted one way and the other's interpreted the other way with some embellishing. Okay. So the uncanny birth of Noah. This is from the book of Enoch. And after some days, my son Methuselah took a wife for his son Lamech. And she became pregnant by him and bore a son. And his body was white as snow and red as the blooming of a rose and the hair of his head and his long locks were white as wool, and his eyes beautiful. When he opened his eyes, he lighted, lighted up the whole house like the sun, and the whole house was very bright. And thereupon he arose in the hands of the midwife, opened his mouth, and conversed with the Lord of Righteousness. And his father, Lamech, was afraid of him, and fled, and came to his father Methuselah. And he said unto him, I have begotten a strange son, diverse from and unlike man, and resembling the sons of the God of heaven. And his nature is different, and he is not like us, and his eyes are as the rays of the sun, and his countenance is glorious. And it seems to me that he is not sprung from me, but from the angels, and I fear that in his days a wonder may be wrought on the earth. And now, my father, I am here to petition thee and implore thee that thou mayest go to Enoch, our father, and learn from him the truth, for his dwelling place is amongst the angels. It's kind of interesting, like, I know you read that in part one, I believe, right? Probably. That's Lamech's, or that's the description of Noah being born. Oh, that's Noah? Yeah, dude. Whoa, I did not catch that in part one. That is Noah. No he's shit. Got, he's, uh, 
is albino an okay term or is it you know somebody who has alopecia I mean, that's what it is right alopecia no alopecia is where you don't have any hair oh okay right well Noah was born with a lot of white hair but it, it's what I didn't pick up the first time was where it said something about him like lighting up the room like the sun or something like that right yeah so he was like this the brightest thing in the room and he was just you know almost angelic and yeah was it because uh, because it, like everything was white or did he literally like illuminate came out like yeah illuminate it I don't know, but he opened his mouth and he was speaking to the Lord of Righteousness. But what was that? I mean, I don't know. Like he spoke tongues? to spoke to the heavens. He maybe his yeah maybe there was something wrong with his lungs and if there was a, it no. was a weird scream, weird cry, I don't know. Not lungs, tongues. Was he oh. like speaking in tongues or did he just come out and it was like, <laughs> and then was immediately babbling. And Lamech is there, drunk as hell, with his wine. He's like, nah, dude, look, dad, <laughs> the kid is messed up, man. He was talking to the gods and stuff. Uh, and then uh, Enoch, or Methuselah, a visitation by Enoch to Methuselah. So Methuselah was uh, like, listen, dad, Enoch, there's something crazy with the baby. What's going on? And when Methuselah heard the words of his son, he came to me in the ends of the earth. For he had heard that I was there, and he cried aloud, and I heard his voice, and I came to him, and I said unto him, Behold, here I am, here am I, my son, wherefore hast thou come to me? And he answered and said, Because of a great cause of anxiety have I come to thee, and because of a disturbing vision have I approached. And now my father, hear me. Unto Lamech, my son, there hath been born a son, the like of whom there is none, and his nature is not like man's nature. And the color of his body is whiter than snow, and redder than the bloom of a rose. And the hair of his head is whiter than white wool. And his eyes are like the rays of the sun. And he opened his eyes, and thereupon lighted up the whole house. He's got laser, laser vision. He lighted up the whole house? That's what it says. And thereupon lighted up the whole house. I lit <laughs> okay. up. And he arose in the hands of the midwife, and opened his mouth, and blessed the Lord of heaven. And his father, Lamech, became afraid, and fled to me. And did not believe that he was sprung from him, but that he was in the likeness of the angels of heaven. And behold, I have come to thee that thou mayest make known to me the truth. So Lamech is like, he's talking to his wife. He's like, uh, so you and a fallen angel, you uh, you guys uh, had a baby, huh? <laughs> you cheated on me? What was I going to do? He was a fucking angel. <laughs> What do you want me to do? I can't turn that down. <laughs> right. Nah, Angel, I'm not into you. All right. Here's the same, you know, the, well, it's close to the same time or same passage, but this is from Genesis Apocrypha. Now, this is the very beginning. As far as I understand how this goes, this is the very beginning. Column one is missing from Genesis Apocrypha. So this is column two. This is how it starts. Or this is the interpretation uh, then I considered whether the pregnancy was due to the watchers and holy ones or should be ascribed to the Nephilim, and I grew perturbed about this child. Then I, Lamech, became afraid and went to uh, Betanosh, his wife. That's her name. B-A-T-E-N-O-S-H. Betanosh? 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 
I don't know. Betanosh, uh, saying, Declare to me the Most High, by the Lord of greatness, by the eternal King, whether the child comes from the heavenly beings. Everything will you, everything will you truthfully tell me, whether you will tell me without lies, is this. Swear by the eternal King until you speak truthfully to me and not with lies. Then Betanosh, my wife, spoke with me forcefully. She wept and said, O oh, my brother and master, recall for yourself my pregnancy, marital relations, and my breath within its sheath. Can I truthfully tell you everything? Then I was perturbed even more. And why she called him his brother, or her brother. Seems a little... Yeah, I feel like my brain just went through a blender with... <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's not you, it's not the book, it's just that old-timey talk, I'm like... Mm-hmm. Well, like, I can't fucking follow this it's really tough for me you gotta read it like five times in a row then yeah yeah, definitely yeah and then even still you're like what the fuck does thigh mean hold on (laughs) we talking kfc popeyes here thigh no thigh let me get two thighs (laughs) it's a five dollar philip let me read that again her her thing oh no no it's okay all right when Batanash, Batanash, my wife, noticed that my face had changed its expression, then she gained control of her emotions and spoke with me. She said to me, O oh, my master and brother, recall for yourself my pregnancy. I swear to you by the great holy one, by the ruler of heaven, that this seed is yours, that this pregnancy is from you, that from you is the planting of this fruit, and that it is not from any alien or from any of the watchers or from any heavenly being." Why has the appearance of your face changed like this upon you? And why is it disfigured and your spirit dejected like this? For I tell you this truthfully. Did you catch that little nugget in there? Right in the middle of that? Uh... This pregnancy is from you. That from you is the planting of this fruit. And that it is not from any alien or from any of the watchers or from any heavenly being. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So when I read that, I'm like, hold up. At what point in the Bible... Because I, I tried to look up the exact lettering for this in the former language to see if I can interpret it myself. I couldn't find that. But alien right there? I mean, we could, and earthbound people, we can made? assume like, uh, a foreigner, a foreigner to our lands as an alien. But yeah, this is some I, biblical shit right here, buddy. I don't know, man. That's a, that's a little crazy. Here comes Noah, popping out of her. Long white hair, red skin. I don't know how red. This is a totally different Noah than what I was thinking. I was thinking Noah of the Ark, like American Lumberjack, full beard. No, that's what you think, right? Long hair, a beard, white dude with a fucking, I don't know, a fucking dashiki on. Yeah. But it, like no colors on it. It's just fucking tan. Right. He's out there just hammering away at the ark. Mm Mm-hmm. He didn't have any nails. She just picks up a fucking hunk of iron, just bites a nail out of it, spits it into the wood, and just starts smashing the nail with a hunk of iron. He doesn't even have to hammer it, dude. He just spits it so fucking hard, it just, ting, goes right in. You know what I mean? Just bites nails out of iron, and that's how he builds the ark. This like, all right, God. (laughs) He built an ark that was like a... He built an ark that was like 120 cubits, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> right. You think he's doing that by hand without being a, a fucking superhuman? 
Nah, dog. No. no. He had some angel blood in him. That's wild. I. This is wild shit, dude. <laughs> I know. Then I, Lamech, hurried to Methuselah, my father, and communicated all this to him so that he might consult Enoch, his father, and come to know everything with certainty from him since he is loved and favored by God and with the holy ones. Has his lot been apportioned? And hence they, God and the angels, reveal everything to him. So even at this point, Methuselah, the son of Enoch, and then Lamech, the grandson of Enoch, and then now he has his own son. They're all like, oh, yeah, dad's just out there. Uh, dad and granddaddy, you know, he's just out there hanging out, with, hanging out with God, doing God stuff. He's not a God, but he's doing God stuff. The whole time, they they just know it. This is so fucking weird. <laughs> this is so I, weird. I know. The story just keeps getting wilder and wilder. Uh, when Methuselah heard these things, that I mean, we kind of said this in the last one, he hurried to Enoch, his father, to learn from him the truth of the whole matter. His approval and he, Enoch, had previously gone to Parvaim. There he found Enoch, his father, and he said to Enoch, his father, Oh, my father and master, blah, 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 kind of, Pretty much the same thing that we went through with the other one, just slightly worded slightly differently. But there's there's just a couple more details in there, like the the Book of Enoch doesn't say where Enoch was, but now the Genesis Apocryphon says, yeah, he was just hanging out in Parvaim, wherever that's at, whatever that means. And this uh, Genesis of Apocrynon is that what it is? No, uh, Apocryphon. Apocryphon, and. Was this the one that was found in like the seventies or whatever? Nineteen forty six in the uh in the caves near the Dead Sea. Yeah. So it's kinda weird because there is the also the Dead Sea scrolls that people question as well. Well, this was part of all that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Did you say that? I don't know if I actually said those words, but you know, this was this was in amongst all those scrolls that they found. Okay. The whole the whole history of everything that they found in there and how they the one thing was actually on Wikipedia. I you know, use Wikipedia as a jump start to what I'm looking for. Mm. But on the Wikipedia page for that it said in nineteen forty six, uh Bedouin shepherds were chasing their sheep. And they threw a rock in a cave, and that's where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. And that's all the sentence was. 1946, Bedouin shepherds were chasing their sheep and threw a rock in a cave. There's no other context. Like, they throw a rock, and they're like, hold up. Did you hear that? I'm pretty sure the rock just landed on some ancient texts. Yeah. We should go check it out. It's like playing craps, you know what I mean? You you throw the dice, (laughs) boom, you fucking hit jackpot the first time. You know what I mean? You just fucking nail it. Found it. I don't know what happened to the sheep. We don't know that. They left that out of the context. Fuck the sheep, dude. You just found ancient text (laughs) from Jesus Christ. Well, not from him, but... Well, pretty close. From before him, and it talked about him, and then after him, and (laughs) and told you about fucking Noah and then you know Noah starts growing up I don't know if Lamech totally left I think I thought about I think I may have said that in one of the previous episodes and I thought that I I thought Lamech was like this is not my kid I'm out yeah I don't know if he actually did that 
I think it was part two because I said something about he went to get a pack of smokes. <laughs> right. And he was, he was gone. But I don't know if they... Because they keep referring to Enoch as Noah's grandfather. So maybe Lamech did decide that he wasn't going to be part of what was going on. Or great-grandfather just wasn't a term. Huh. But it, after it's that... Really, you know, it, it's really hard to say back then, you know what I mean? Yeah, who knows? Because they lived hundreds and hundreds of years. Part of the text I was reading, even up to today, getting all this information, was saying if you follow the timeline of Adam... He lived 900 and some years. So if you just keep track of his whole life and then add it to everybody else, he lived up to 56 years before the flood. I think that's what it, what I read. If what? you break it all down, so he saw he saw all of those descendants being born up until shortly before the flood. He said, "Yeah, look at all look at my whole brood out here." He had sons and daughters, and they had sons and daughters, and they had sons and daughters. He's like, well, I don't know why they didn't get, like, an 18-generation picture back then. It's hard to come by now. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, my oldest daughter's graduating. Her ceremony's this weekend. And um, we were going through the pictures to put in her memory book for one of her classes, and we found the picture of five generations that we took when she was still barely alive you know she was only a few months old yeah so it was quinn my daughter me my dad his dad and actually his mother-in-law because my dad's mom died shortly before quinn was born whoa dude yeah pretty good right wild yeah she was in her uh so my great-grandmother was in her 90s 90 I think she was 98 before she died. Good genes. Yep, probably. Levi's. Hmm. Where are we at on episode length here? Because uh, I could run through some stuff. Yeah, we're we're okay, I think. Um, so Noah, Noah speaks with Enoch eventually, you know, when he grows up. This is from the book of Enoch now. Um, the other stuff, the Genesis Apocryphon is, when they found it, it was in, it was in bad shape and... A lot of it is um, the scrolls are all beat up, and they're interpreting a lot of stuff. So it's more reliable to go through the Book of Enoch, I suppose. I don't know, man. I like the Book of Apophrakon or whatever it is. Yeah, I'll spell it for you. Um, the beginning of it is like a you know a is apocalypse. A p o c a p o c r y p h o n. Apocryphon. Apocryphon. Is there a like a website you got that from, or? Yeah. Uh, just, well, you don't you. have to. I mean, you don't have to say it. Just make sure to send it to me. Okay. It you know just through Zoom, and I'll put it in the in the John. All right. In the John. That's a Philly thing. In the John. I don't know what it means, but I've heard people say it in the John. It's in the thing. I I leave just in the John. <laughs> Put in a John. <laughs> uh, Noah speaks with Enoch. Mm. And in those days, Noah saw the earth that it had sunk down and in, in, and its destruction was nigh. And he arose from thence and went to the ends of the earth and cried aloud to his grandfather Enoch. And Noah said three times with an embittered voice, Hear me, hear me, hear me. So then that's when Enoch comes along 
Noah's like, you know, grandfather, what is going on? <coughs> why why is the earth being why is it so messed up? What what's happening? And Enoch tried to calm him down and said, Look, you've been really righteous in, in your life, so what God's gonna do for you is he's gonna have the angels build this massive building, this wooden building for you to carry on your seed and the seeds of the earth to continue on. He's going to flood the earth because of all this, uh, because of the fallen angels, because of the watchers. They've created all this madness on the earth, and he's going to destroy everything with the waters. And then they're going to build a fuck house? Not a fuck house? No, they're going to, they, they call the ark a building to hold all of his seeds. Yep. And after that, he showed me the angels of punishment who are prepared to come and let loose all the powers of the waters which are beneath in the earth in order to bring judgment and destruction on all who abide and dwell on the earth. And the Lord of Spirits gave commandment to the angels who were going forth that they should not cause the waters to rise, but should hold them in check. For those angels were over the powers of the waters. And I went away from the presence of Enoch. The judgment of Noah's day approaches... Uh, and in those days the word of God came unto me, and he said unto me, Noah, thy lot has come before me, a lot without blame, a lot of love and uprightness. And now the angels are making a wooden building, and when they have completed that task, I will place my hand upon it and preserve it, and there shall come forth from it the seed of life. And a chain shall set in, so that the earth will now remain without inhabitant. And I will make my fast thy seed, and I will make fast thy seed before me forever and ever, and I will spread abroad those who dwell with thee. It shall not be unfruitful on the face of the earth, but it shall be blessed and multiply on the earth in the name of the Lord. Noah had a lot of shit to do. There was a lot of, a lot of pressure yeah. on Noah. Yeah. Like, look, man, Damn. you're going to have to reseed the earth by yourself. Not to mention building a fucking ark. Like, <laughs> And now the angels are making a wooden building. That's what it says. The waters came, and that whole thing happened. A litany of the angels' sins. And after his ju this judgment, they shall terrify and make them to tremble, because they have shown this to those who dwell on the earth. Oh, this this is where it gets interesting, too. We went through all the names before, for all the, uh, a whole lot of them in the beginning. And these are the chiefs of their angels and their names, and their chief ones over hundreds and over fifties and over tens. The name of the first is Jacon. That is, the one who led astray all the sons of God and brought them down to the earth and led them astray through the daughters of men. And the second was named Asbiel. He imparted to the holy sons of God evil counsel and led them astray so that they defiled their bodies with the daughters of men. And the third was named Gadriel. He it is who showed the children of men all the blows of death. And he led astray Eve and showed the weapons of death to the sons of men the shield and the coat of mail and the sword for battle and all the weapons of death to the children of men. And from his hand they have proceeded against those who dwell on the earth from that day and forevermore. And the fourth one was named Penemue. He taught the children of men the bitter and the sweet, and he taught them all the secrets of their wisdom. And he instructed mankind in writing with ink and paper, and thereby many sinned from eternity to eternity and until this day. For men were not created for such a purpose to give confirmation to their good faith with pen and ink. For men were created exactly like the angels to the intent that they should continue pure and righteous and death, which destroys everything. 
could not have taken hold of them, but through this, their knowledge, they are perishing, and through this power, it is consuming me. So you learn some stuff, and now I'm going to kill you for it. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like, uh, I mean, kind of like what we've talked about for several weeks now, that we shouldn't know all this stuff, and mm. we're kind of fucked. Nope. So, knowledge, no, the saying is knowledge is power. Power to whom, I don't know. Power to the great evil? That Knowledge is power is just propaganda for the Satan. <laughs> <laughs> just eat the apple. Eat know? the apple. I'll figure it out from there. Now listen. Eat the apple. Eat the fucking apple now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do it. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the Watchers teach abortion. <laughs> oh my god yes god's very involved and the fifth was named castea this is he who showed the children of men all the wicked smitings of spirits and demons and the smitings of the embryo in the womb that it may pass away and the smitings of the soul the bites of the serpent and the smitings which befall through the noontide heat the son of the serpent named tabiat or Tabiat. It's messed up, dude. Yeah. Well, I don't know why the angels, there's so much the angels taught, good and bad. I mean, some of the stuff, I'm like, you know, knowledge is power. But. Knowledge is mm, power. <laughs> Not all the power. What are you doing? Was that Teen Titans Go? I don't know. <laughs> I've heard it before. Uh, just a couple times. So, shortly after he had, he spoke with Enoch, and then sometime, I guess not shortly after necessarily, but sometime after that, um, Enoch was part of, I think he was part of it, but anyway, Noah had the same visions and the same cosmic journey as Enoch did when I, from the previous episodes. So Noah had all that, saw all that, before, really? the, even before the flood. Whoa, dude. I know, right? So he had all this stuff, all this knowledge, even before God decided to destroy everything. That wasn't in the movie. Which one? Bruce Almighty? Noah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. This is not the stuff we talk about. This is a whole other thing. The whole idea is just, it, it still blows my mind, The whole, everything. There's so much that is not talked about about all of this stuff. But is it real? That's that's the issue. I, I think that's right. The quote unquote church's issue is: is this does this belong? Right. Is this the Snyder cut of the Bible? It. I mean, like you said before, you said it multiple times. Is it a fanfic, or is it truth? It. It. There's a whole lot of correlation with a whole bunch of stuff. But if you just go through the Bible, all this stuff, you know. They don't get into detail with all this stuff. Or like, is it, you know, you got a true story movie and you got based on a true story. You right. know what I mean? The, like The Hallmark version. You know, there's bits and pieces. Like, some of the names are the same. It kind of happened this way, but I threw in a lot of alien shit, a lot of astral <laughs> projection, a lot of these fucking rock monster fallen angels. Right. You know, there's a lot of Christians 
well, is it a lot of Christians who don't believe hell is real? Because I don't think the Bible ever mentions hell per se. Oh, it just mentions the lake of fire. And God, God will punish who he wants to punish. It doesn't actually mention the devil. It mentions Lucifer, and I think it references Satan maybe once or twice. But he doesn't have his own place of torture. Where did that even come from? I don't know. Uh, the The whole book of Enoch goes on and on and on further beyond that. I mean, I... I recommend reading down it. It's a it's a fascinating read if you want to get into something like that. And if you think of some of this stuff, I mean, my conspiracy brain, your conspiracy brain, alien stuff like that. If you just, I don't know. I just when I was reading down this, I kept having a thought of aliens and 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 the thought of the Bible at the same time. Like how when was this as part of the Bible? There's a Right after that section about Noah having his uh, vision quest is when it starts breaking down the portals of the moon and the portals of the sun, the geocentric calendar book. That's right after Noah has his visions, which it seems like it's, I don't know, that's one part that I wasn't super interested in because it's very repetitive. And I saw six portals in which the sun rises and six portals in which the sun sets and the moon rises and sets in these portals and the leaders of the stars and those whom they lead. Six in the east and six in the west. And Yeah, I mean, like we said, I don't know if it was part one or part two, but like it was probably, I think it was part two. Uh, it's probably important shit. It's very annoying to read. Yeah. But it taught them a lot back then. Then they could tell when, if it's broke up like that, then the seasons are in there too in a way because if the sun is coming up in this portal and setting in that portal, then expect the the winds to come from this certain direction and they'll, depending on the portals, up and down will depend on if it's bitter winds or if it's, Summer winds, that kind of thing. Isn't summer winds a song? Maybe. Is it? Well, it sounds like it should be. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's anything else that's really, really, well, I want to really, really cover. But this is, we're not going to, I'm not going to do any more parts of Enoch. There's so much stuff that I did not, Enoch is a whole other part of the Bible I never knew existed until we started doing this. You know, there's, I don't know if I'm going to give you another episode topic here. There's something called Enochian magic. And I wonder if it's derived from Enoch. Enochian magic. Oh, shit. Maybe Enochian magic? I don't know. But there is a thing called Enochian magic. Damn it. Now I have to cover that, too. Yeah. Sorry, bro. And I'm not going to... There is... A sequel, and I don't know how it's broken down. So there, this is everything I've been talking about is one Enoch. There's a two, and there's a three Enoch. As far as I understand, I haven't looked those ones up to see exactly what those cover. But damn, yeah, I'm not getting into all that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna call it done. There, uh, 
The last okay. chapter here is Time Capsule to the Last Generation, another book which Enoch wrote for his son Methuselah and for those who will come after him and keep the law in the last days. And that has a, that's part of the last chapter of the book of Enoch. I guess it just carries on into the sequel. I don't know what else can be taught. I don't know what else Enoch has up his sleeve after that. It's a trilogy. What a crazy series or whatever this was. I know. This whole thing started when I looked up. I went to Bibliotheca Pleiades, and I just looked up a list of aliens because I wanted to talk about aliens. And then I looked at the Arcturians, and they said something about, well, maybe the Arcturians are the angels that Enoch communicated with. And I'm like, who's Enoch? Down the rabbit hole we go. Yeah. So next is the Arcturians, is what I'm doing next, personally. <laughs> and if you want to read the Book of Enoch, read.thebookofenoch.info. That's the website. Nope, I'll put it in the show notes again. All right, and then I'll get you the Genesis Apocryphon and uh, how that's all broken up. Okay. And uh, if you want to tell us how wrong we are, podchaser.com slash bring on the weird. Bring on the weird on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. And, you know, how about you just tell us what your favorite religious figure is okay. in any religion. I don't care. <laughs> okay. No? You guys Yikes. have else? <laughs> I don't know. I mean... <laughs> There's a lot to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your that, favorite god? Yeah. How about that jacker that taught men how to uh, abort children? That's fucked up. Why are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> if you want some merch, go to myconspiracytees.com slash bringingaweird, tpublic.com, search bringingaweird, or zazzle.com slash store slash bring on the weird yeah nailed it we got the merches all over the places oh and if you don't want ads all up in your podcast patreon.com slash bring on the weird yeah and uh we're working on some things that maybe the five dollar members you might wanna you might wanna go five to five bucks yep it's only five bucks a month Four episodes, ad-free, a day early, and uh, you get stickers, and um, there's another thing coming. We're going to add something to the $5 tier. Maybe you'll be able to be a mod on Discord. Oh, my God. You said it. Some, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we're, so, <laughs> we're trying to figure out this Discord thing, but. Total noobs. Yep. You, by the time we figure it out, they're gonna. it's going to be... Oh, it's the stupid old people using Discord. That's what happened with Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I don't use Facebook. My mom's on Facebook. My grandmother's on Facebook. I just use Snapchat and TikTok. Well, I remember when I had to use a payphone, and suddenly there was a MySpace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my wife and I were in our first apartment when I got my first MySpace back in 2006, seven. Really? Even up to then? MySpace? No, not no, not MySpace. Facebook. Page. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Wasn't 2006. Twitter? I don't fucking know. <laughs> There's so many I'm of them. I'm too old for this shit. Then, <laughs> yeah. Stop it with the TikToks. 
That's a clock, you dumbasses. <laughs> Hickory Dock. The mouse ran up the TikTok. Yes. Hickory Dickory Dock. <laughs> I fucked it up. All right. Hickey Dicky Dock. <laughs> Hickey Dicky Dock. <laughs> Stay weird, world. And we'll see you guys next time.